0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, October 26. U.S. equity futures are trading in the red, although they've come off their lows. So, pretty resilient price action considering um, the news flow out of the U.S. So, S&P futures are down 26 points. That's about 70 basis points. Dow futures are down just about 25 points, um, which is just about 10 basis points. Nasdaq futures are underperforming badly, so they're down about 190 points, which is about 1.6% from the Nasdaq. And as that had been down over about 2% late last night, um, so it's come off its lows along with the S&P futures. Um, in the U.S., you know, obviously tech earnings are very much in focus. So Google, Microsoft, Texas Instruments were the big tech names last night, all pretty disappointing. For Google, it was the YouTube business which is definitely levered more to discretionary advertising versus the search business, um, which is much more resilient. It's very easy, uh, easily measurable ROI. And so that tends to be much more resilient during periods of, um, of macro stress, which we're in right now, obviously. Um, But the YouTube business suffered a lot, uh, similar to what you saw out of snap and it's probably also go what you're going to see out of meta tonight. Um, For Microsoft, the quarter itself was actually not terrible, Uh, But the guidance, which they don't give out till around six o'clock on the conference call, was disappointing. Um, You know, fell short on a lot of the major businesses. PC numbers are very ugly for the December quarter. And then the cloud business as well. Um, You know, they got it for further deceleration in the Azure business. Um, So the guidance on Microsoft was a disappointment. And then for Texas Instruments, also the guidance. You know, a lot of people thought Texas Instruments would be more resilient than the rest of the semiconductor industry. That's not the case um, you know, the December guidance fell short to talk about how weakness is, is extending into the industrial business. A lot of people, again, thought that would be pretty resilient, but that's not taking place. And then overnight in Asia, you had a Hynix earnings at SK Hynix. Um, you know, very negative commentary around the state of the memory market, slashing their capital spending for next year, similar to what Micron did a couple of weeks ago. So definitely a lot of gloom in technology. Um, and you're seeing the Nasdaq underperform because of it. In Europe, you have the major indices about flattish overall, although there's a lot of discrepancy beneath the surface, outperformance in some of your major cyclical groups. So industrials, basic resources, chemicals are all trading well this morning. Um, You have underperformance in tech, um, along with consumer staples. Um, The big report I would say in Europe, you had um, Heineken shares are down about 10% after their report, negative volume numbers, cautious commentary about beer consumption, um, so that's weighing on all the staples. Tech stocks, no real major tech earnings in Europe, but you're seeing the stocks trade off because of what came out of the US. Um, you had a bunch of bank reports. So Barclays, Deutsche Bank, uh, Standard Chartered, Santander, and others. Um, for the most part, the numbers were decent on the surface. The headline results were pretty strong, uh, but you're not really seeing a positive reaction in the stocks um, in in Europe. In European banks. They're mostly all in the red. Asia had a decent evening. Um, The Nikkei was up about 67 basis points. The Hang Seng rallied about 1%. Shanghai Comp rallied about 80 basis points. Um, You know, I personally think mainland Chinese stocks were hit way too hard coming out of this, um, you know, the leadership reshuffle over the weekend. I appreciate all the various concerns. They're very, very legitimate concerns around China. I just think the sell-off was very steep um, in terms of what you saw Monday coming out of that event. So, Definitely um, scope for a rebound in in Chinese stocks, especially just given some of the valuation and performance numbers. Um, And that's it as far as kind of major news is concerned. Very much a focus on earnings. A ton of reports out last night, a ton of reports out of Europe this morning. I have details on everything in the piece, so take a look at it. Um, Macro news was relatively minimal. Um, No major economic numbers, no big central bank headlines. Um, You had some negative COVID headlines out of China, but really nothing too dramatic. Australia's CPI for Q3 overshot the street. Um, It looks like the UK, so there had been this big fiscal statement due out on the 31st on Monday. They may push that out a little bit. Not terribly surprising. Obviously, have a new prime minister in place. He's going to want to take a look at the numbers himself. Um, and that's everything as far as major news is concerned. I will come back after this break and just run through the calendar quickly. So for the calendar on Wednesday, the focus is going to be on earnings. So the major U.S. reports um, before the open, ADP, Boeing, General Dynamics, Hess, Hilton, Kraft, Norfolk Southern, Otis, Seagate. After the close, you have Ford, Flextronics, KLA, Tencor, Meta. ServiceNow, United Rentals, and VF Corp. Meta will obviously be the major area of focus. You have the Bank of Canada coming out in a couple of hours. They're expected to hike 75 basis points. Um, you know, we're coming up on the ECB tomorrow. The ECB is also expected to hike 75 basis points. I think the big takeaway from the ECB will be, you know, obviously guidance around rates, but also they're supposed to kind of start the quantitative tightening conversation. This won't actually commence until next year at some time, but Um, You know, it's expected that Lagarde will will kind of begin preparing markets for the prospect of the uh, ECB balance sheet shrinking. Um, I put out yesterday my latest thoughts on the market. I include a link to that in the piece this morning. Um, You know, 3900 for me is still kind of a ceiling for this market, Um, and so we're obviously that's now in sight. So um, a little bit less optimistic. I'm a huge believer in the Fed's messaging shift in this whole kind of stop and hold policy guidance. Um, but you're going to need to see data cooperate also. It's not just a matter of the Fed uh, moderating a talkishness. You're also going to have to see the data cooperate. So for me, the jobs report next Friday um, is kind of a real critical macro event. If that, if you can have a real ugly number on Friday next week in the jobs report, um, that certainly will catalyze a much bigger rally in treasuries, which will in turn then... Um, you know, lift the S and P much further than it is. But for me, it's data now that has to start moving in the right direction, um, not just the Fed rhetoric. And also, I would just caution that you're not going to see Powell come out next week at the press conference um, and make kind of this big celebratory mission accomplished announcement. Far, far from it. If anything, he's not going to be happy about the way markets are reacting. He does not want to see a big market rally doesn't want to see investors start to think the Fed is losing its resolve on fighting inflation. Um, so just keep that in mind as we come up into next week. And that is everything for today, Wednesday, October twenty sixth. Thank you for listening.